0: Her. All right. All right. Hello. Hi, and welcome. Hi, uh, welcome to Thanks attended- for having me. Oh, thanks, Grace. Um, my name is Dr. Sam Hamilton. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Grace Martin. Hello. Dr. Martin is an assistant professor of world languages and culture, the director of the FILA seminar and portfolio program at Bridgewater College. Dr. Martin received her Ph.D. in Hispanic studies from the University of Kentucky. She has published numerous articles, chapters, and conference presentations on Latin American science fiction, including the representation of Latinx folks in comics, as well as media and cultural studies. Grace, thanks so much for agreeing to join me today. Uh, You teach, you you draw, you ink, you're active and hilarious on social media, you play and record and produce your own music. My question for you is this, why do you have to make the rest of us look so bad?
1: That is not my intention at all. I think I just have too much energy and not enough time in the day. I feel like maybe there was a clerical error and I was supposed to be triplets. um, (laughs) But I just came out one person that has too many things she wants to do and not enough time.
0: So do you get into a different headspace depending on the different media that you work in? Like, do do you get sort of different benefits and different feelings when you're doing, you know, recording music versus when you're drawing versus when you're writing? I mean, I'm always interested about the about sort of uh, multiply uh, 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 talented people. Um, when you transition from one media to another media, does your, does your mental headspace change?
1: I, it does a little bit. I think they all have something in common and it's like this sort of like pleasure that comes from using your creativity. And they help me disconnect from the stress of day-to-day activity. So I have started in the past year or so uh, to take at least one hour every evening to uh, dedicate time to something creative so it's not watching television it's not entertainment it's me going up to this room that I call my studio uh, to either play guitar for an hour and practice because I'm I'm mediocre at guitar I enjoy it but I have a lot to like learn and improve or to sit down and start uh, drawing or painting something and just focus on that and disconnect from everything else and so that part uh it kind of stays similar across uh activities but i feel differently when i'm working on music when i'm writing a song uh from when i'm drawing Uh, and i think that also has to do with like the senses that you use um especially with drawing like I draw digitally but I also do traditional media and there is something about traditional media like working with watercolors or even working with clay. We, this weekend my wife and I uh, started making magnets out of polymer clay oh, and just like kneading awesome. that it just felt so good like that feeling in your hands obviously you don't get that with music and I have to be kind of like inspired. Um, so. Choosing which one I'm going to do depends on have I been listening to other people making music and feel fired up? Or have, have I been looking at art? I follow a few art tags on Instagram. Uh, I follow hashtag illustration or Illustrogram, I think, and uh, gouache painting. And so when I see somebody make something awesome, that gets me all excited uh, to go try something, try some of their techniques or color combinations myself.
0: Do, do, any, do different medias inform how you produce in so for example like mm-hmm. do you ever feel inspired to paint because of a song do you ever feel inspired to write a song because of of a painting or a, a you know a, a sculpture or something that you? yes
1: say? absolutely and there's this thing uh where sometimes when i'm working on music i think of it in terms of colors and sort of like um feelings like coldness or heat or even smells <laughs> Uh, so' that, What's helps that me. word yeah.
0: there's a word for it synesthesia, right? yeah, yeah, synesthesia, yes. right, okay, yes.
1: cool and so, so- the, the, there are particular songs where I'm like, this is a, definitely a pink song, or this is very black with silver, um and and so i I think of that, I think of it as a painting or like moments in a song, like I don't know if you ever played Mario Paint when you were a kid.
0: Uh, I don't know that I have. I probably have like looked over the shoulders of my friends when they've played. played okay, it. so
1: it was this video game where you could, it's called Mario Paint and you paint, but you could also make songs. And so you had obviously like the stuff instead of like musical notation, you had like Mario like characters and icons like the fire flower and Mario's face um, and the dry bones and you would put it there and like put it in random places on the stuff and it would like move and you would see like the sound associated with like a shape or a color. So sometimes I think of it that way as well. And for song lyrics, I don't know. My life is, I guess, you know, moderately interesting, but I find that (laughs) the lives of fictional characters can be so much more exciting. And so I might think of a book that I loved and a character that I really liked and what a song would be like from their perspective and try to explore those feelings that maybe I haven't had a chance to experience myself.
0: So one of the... the the things that I've been doing lately since we, you know, I can't, I can't go to a gym or anything like that. I've been going on Mm -hmm. walks and I always listen to music when I'm going on walking, uh, when I'm walking. And, and I've, I've talked with students about this too. and, And a lot of students seem to do it too. Like you ever get into those modes where you're walking and you're listening to music and suddenly you are a character in a movie or in a narrative and this is the soundtrack playing in the background. Yes.
1: Gosh, I love that so much. It's so fun. Uh, I've done it when I'm uh, working on the elliptical and I will start imagining music videos for whatever song is playing.
0: (laughs) Oh, That's awesome. And
1: I'm somebody and I come up with the choreography or I imagine like a sort of narrative for the music video. Uh, There's a lot of like, I don't know, I end up going for like an action movie or something really conceptual and artistic. And I imagine like, Paint exploding and colors and like this whole ensemble of dancers. And I'm like, yeah, maybe someday we'll be able to afford that. No, I think that'd
0: be great. I think (laughs) it reminds me of um the the band OK Go did Mm -hmm. one of those music videos where they were on treadmills. Yes. You seen that? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think I wouldn't attempt that, but I always tend to gravitate (laughs) toward like the Conceptualism of Lady Gaga.
0: Oh, nice! Right. Yeah, yeah, good. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I was talking with um, Nikki Urkaba in, in mm-hmm. uh, the English department, and we were trying to come up with um, a soundtrack for what's been going on, and that it, it inspired me to sort of put it out to to you know my friends on on Facebook and whatnot. But I mean, that's that, that it's. I love that as just an exercise, and I think there is sort of a synesthesia quality to it, like trying to pull in music to define some other aspect of, you know, either a book or, you know, uh, uh, some type of vi- visual display, a piece of art or, you know, shared experiences. Um, but yeah, that, uh, so I, I I'm, see, this is this is why I have these conversations because I love learning these things about people. So now I'm, I'm gonna see you on campus. I'm gonna look out my window and you're gonna be walking across campus and I'm gonna think, I wonder I wonder if she's got a soundtrack song playing in her head right now,
1: so. Yeah. In, uh... I don't listen to music a whole lot on campus when I'm out, but sometimes if I am in Flori, where my office is and I teach in McKinney, occasionally I will throw on a song to kind of get myself hyped up for teaching. And it tends to be something like really high energy, like a BTS bop. Nice. And I feel it, it's pretty glorious. It's like,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always feel like people can definitely tell when you're walking on beat that they look at you and they're like, "What it? Who's he trying to kid? What does he think <laughs> that he's like that John Travolta character from uh, what's the movie where it's, uh, Saturday Night Fever or something like yeah. that, where he's walking down the street mm-hmm. to the Bee Gees. But um, all right. So uh, uh, where are you from and what's the biggest difference between he- there and here? I know you went to school in Kentucky. Are you from Kentucky?
1: I'm not. I'm from Columbia in South America. OK, cool. Yeah. So I lived there until I was 16 and then I. Uh, That's when school ended for me, by the way. School ends a year earlier in Colombia, but I just have to say for all students that may be watching this, it is so much more intense than it is here. Wow. Um, I was kind of burnt out, um, and I always had wanted to move to the United States. Like, I loved American culture growing up. Uh, We had a lot of uh, music and television and movies from here that we could access from Colombia very easily, like at the movie theaters, they played them on our TV channels. So I grew up uh, in the 90s with Full House and Fresh Prince and the Rugrats and all of the cartoons and movies, everything Disney, uh, right? The X-Men. And so I just kept thinking, I the, the lifestyle there just seems like fun, like people are really open-minded and, um, I just wanted to like move here and see what it was like in person and so I told my parents I want to go away and I don't know how they were super supportive uh and they helped me out and they found me um um, a school uh where I could do my senior year the one that doesn't exist in Colombia we finished in 11th grade so Mm -hmm. I was like okay well it might be kind of intense to go straight from here to college at 16 in another country what if I go to high school for that extra year as a an adaptation period and then I find a college, maybe a scholarship or uh, something in the meantime and get more used to it. So that's what I did. I moved alone, went to high school to a private Catholic high school in Maysville, Kentucky for a year and um, then I went on to Morehead State uh, where I did my undergrad and then I continued with a combined master's PhD at the University of Kentucky. And then when I ran out of school, then I just had to get a job. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but, but yeah, I just moved because I thought the culture was cool. Uh, I had taught myself English and I just wanted to use it. I just wanted to go out and try it. And it, yeah, it was quite an adventure. Well,
0: that's awesome. So I'm, mm-hmm. now I'm trying to, because we, we, uh, we probably have a lot of the same um, like cultural touchstones in terms of, of pop media and, 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 you know, cartoons and whatnot. Yeah. So. Rather than the, the who would win in a fight, uh, abominable snowman, and T-Rex question, let me try to... So, are you, uh, have you watched the, the show Gargoyles?
1: I remember Gargoyles when it was on. I didn't watch it, though.
0: Okay. Ah. So, but you have watched X-Men. Oh, yes. Right. Uh, what about Batman, the animated series?
1: Mm, I'm familiar enough that I could probably... Okay.
0: So I'll give like you it. one from from, from uh, uh, Marvel DC canon then. Okay. Who would win in a fight? And All this right. fight actually happened. Who would win in a fight? Uh, Captain America or Batman?
1: All right. <laughs> I'm nervous to answer this no, question. No, that's fine. That's fine. Because I teach Fila 150 and okay. I always tell my students, I will not penalize you for liking DC better or Marvel better. And honestly, growing up, I was a DC kid. I loved Batman. My mom and I uh, grew up uh, watching uh, the Adam West Batman show. Yeah. That was our favorite. Uh, And so I had a a lot of love for campy Batman, right? Yeah, right. And I loved the Dark Knight movies when they were coming out. But honestly, I think Captain America would win. Yeah. Only because he has... A physical kind of unfair physical advantage with the super serum. Yep. Uh, and he has that vibranium shield, so I think Batman can come up with all kinds of gadgets, and he's still going to be able to block him.
0: Have you? But seen... also,
1: I feel like Captain America is too much of a goody-goody. So if Batman decides to play dirty, Batman might win.
0: Well, see, that's actually exactly what happened in the. I forget what. it Have you seen the, the comic where they fight each other?
1: No, I haven't.
0: So it was a it was a the D, big DC Marvel crossover, and I think it probably happened like uh, late mid to late 90s. And mm-hmm. it was when both companies were, it was before, you know, any of the movies or anything like that, obviously, yeah. but both companies were struggling and they came up with this big, uh, you know, this big crossover over event and they wrote it into the comics and it was it was called Amalgam Comics. and And they paired off different heroes and villains from the different universes against each other. And Captain America ended up fighting Batman and Batman took the fight into the sewers and mm-hmm. was able to, through treachery, Yes. Beat Captain America, but they also respected each other. And then they became the leaders for figuring out why their universes had crossed over. And so it it ended up being that they were working together, but uh, they had Hulk versus Superman, um, that
1: one. Oh my gosh. Yes. yes. I'm going to have to go back and find those. They're probably on comiXology. They
0: are. Yeah, they are okay. online now. So, um, but yeah, they are, uh, it was, I mean, they're, they're, it's pretty good, but then, Oh, and here's the, here's the, here's the best part about that comic series is then they actually had a, a limited release where both of the universes combined and the different characters morphed with another character and they became oh amalgam comics. So yes. Batman mixed with Wolverine. And I forget what he was. He was called like Dark Claw or something like that. Yeah. And his That's enemy so cool. was Sabertooth mixed with the Joker. And, his, and oh, I no. think it was called <laughs> the Hyena or the Jackal or something like that. Oh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So it was – It was a, it's a good – I mean, it's ridiculous. It's not It's not canon, so to speak. Yeah. But cool.
1: Oh, but you're giving me so many great ideas for Fila 150, full 2020.
0: I think oh, I'm going oh, to have to assign Excellent.
1: these. Uh, and usually I give my students at least – Two creative assignments where they design superheroes or come up with scenarios for existing ones. And I think the amalgam idea is brilliant.
0: What would your your uh, you're continuing with the superhero conversation thread? What would your your superpower be? What would be the, your preferred superpower if you had to if you had to come up with one?
1: For me, I've always been drawn to telekinesis and mental powers, but at the same time, I feel like if it were a power to enhance current me, I would go for a physical one because I'm so wimpy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I had a student one time, the, the most provocative answer I've ever gotten to that, you know, I get flights and power of invisibility or telekinesis um, or te- telepathy, you know, they yeah. want to be, control minds. But the one she said, I want to be able to unlock anything. And I that thought, is an interesting. interesting. And, and yeah. she said, and, and I'm very, very specific about my, the language here. I want to unlock anything. Not like I want to unlock any door, anything yeah. that is locked, I want to be able to unlock. And then everyone in the class started thinking about it. And we're like, so like if somebody's like, you can unlock somebody's heart, you can yeah. unlock the mysteries of the universe, you know, so on and so forth. She's Could like, unlock yeah, a
1: phone, exactly. a computer. <laughs> right. What well, happens, and then you those yeah, things too. Of yeah, of course. Right.
0: Cool. <laughs> Uh, All right. So what's an album that you think everybody should listen to? What do you... uh...
1: I have several picks right now. I'm going to go with my most recent one. It is the album Womb by Purity Ring. It is amazing from beginning to end. Uh, But notable mentions, uh, Golden Hour by Casey Musgraves is wonderful. Uh, It deserved the Grammys it won. Uh, And also When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go by Billie Eilish. I absolutely Uh, love everything Billie does.
0: Yeah. I mean, so did... K- K- Casey just released something recently too, that wasn't that album, right? Or no, am I thinking, am I confu- conflating her with somebody else? Uh,
1: Fiona Apple, maybe?
0: No, that was, we. No, yeah. They're that very that one, I've listened <laughs> to that one, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that, that's, a, I love those recommendations. Thank, um, and definitely I'll, I'll, I'll throw a second behind the, uh, when we go to sleep, where do we go? Or where, I forget the whole f- full title, but that's a great album. Um, yeah. And it was one of those albums where my students recommended it before I had, you know, really entered my radar. And I was, I was like resistant. It -hmm. was, it was Billie Eilish and Lizzo. Students recommended both of them and I'm like, all right, all right, I'll give them a shot. Yeah. And they're just, they're amazing. So, and for different reasons, but yes, cool. Uh, So I want to go back to uh, some of your work. This is actually connecting back to your work and also to, um, you know, to to comics and Mm sci-fi and things like that. So some of your work focuses on the representation of Latinx folks in various pop media forms, science fiction, specifically comics and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have a favorite and least favorite representation or character uh, of Latinx folks in pop media?
1: Okay, I would say maybe uh, favorite representations uh, in pop media, I'm trying to think currently. I'll get back to that one. Least favorite. Um, I think anytime Latinx folks just get typecast as maids or criminals, it really upsets me. One that really gets on my nerves because I'm Colombian is whenever there's a Colombian on a show and they're a drug dealer, just because that's such a prevalent stereotype. And actually in my May term, we just talked about, uh, The cartels in the 80s in Colombia and the Mexican cartels in contemporary, you know, uh, like now. (laughs) And uh, just how that gets to be what is presented on the news because it sells, it gets clicks, it gets views. um, And that's not the whole picture, but obviously it's what moves the news. And then it leaves people with the image that that's all the Latinx community is, which is very far from the truth, from reality, from the complexity of it. Uh, so that upsets me. Uh, in terms of representations, like I don't, I don't look at a specific character uh, per se in my studies. Uh, with science fiction, I work mostly with robots, cyborgs, and how they sort of represent what we look for as humans or the questions that we're trying to answer. Um and then with Latinx representation in contemporary media, I'm always looking for uh complex, complex characters that break stereotypes that challenge uh reductive notions. So any character that is unexpected or that takes an old trope and just turns it upside down and breaks it apart and like blows your mind. That's yeah.
0: I have I mean I because you've written about um Speak to to talk to the idea of a of a mm-hmm. of a character that sort of blows an old trope up or or at least challenges a, a former representation. You've written about Miles Morales, right?
1: I know I've written about America Chavez, but oh. I love Miles Morales, so we can talk okay. about him all you want.
0: All right, okay. I would so again, you know, in my in my uh, preparation for these things, I try to find little bits and pieces, and so um, only because one of the things that I realized about um, miles morales and i watched that that movie with with my son was how much more powerful the death of his not spoiler alerts the death of his uncle was compared yeah. to the peter parker the ben parker story i thought i thought in terms of complexity and like what were the emotions going on and it was it was really sort of driven home by my son's reaction He's, he he was he was 6 so he was maybe a little young yeah. but the question is that he was able to ask about you know, goodness and badness. And he said, but his uncle was a bad guy, but he was also mm-hmm. a good, he did a good thing. But was he really a bad guy or was he just, did he have to do these things? I mean, and so, and he's, you know, all of six, you know, six and a half, seven when we watched the movie. And I just love that, that element of the the origin story became that much more powerful. Um, anyway, so sorry, but you said you could talk about Miles Morales. What were the things that you liked about Miles Morales?
1: Uh, what I really liked about Miles was that i don't know he seems like more like i see his struggles as a young teen as more authentic than the ones i've seen from peter maybe because i didn't grow up with peter like a lot of people who grew up uh reading the spider-man comics in the 70s did um my introduction to peter parker was the toby Maguire movies and so yeah. <laughs> I've since gone back and read some of the comics and a lot of the older Spider-Man comics are incredible and so deep. Like they go into things like drug addiction and like Harry Osborn just like being hooked on things and Peter trying to get him off of that. But he's a little bit older and a little more worldly. I find that Miles is super vulnerable. I mean, he's starting at a new school with new classmates He's trying to navigate like his family relationships and how his parents feel about his uncle. And he's at a really formative age where he kind of looks up to his uncle and he's just receiving this information that he's not a good influence and there's that conflict. And then on top of that, he has to keep up the grades. He's chosen through a lottery to attend the charter school where he goes. So he's like in a way representing his whole community. That's a lot for a child to carry. And then throw on top of that, he's Spider-Man. So he has to be a vigilante, defend people at an age where he's still trying to figure himself out. And you don't see him be like, I'm perfect. I know what I'm doing. He is confused. He messes up and he's nervous. And that is so refreshing that you see a superhero that doesn't have all the answers, uh, that makes mistakes, but that's still, you know, like he finds the courage to go on, even though at many points he could be crushed. He could give up.
0: I think that's... um uh, yeah. I, I, I couldn't agree more. That's yeah. It's a, I think, um, I, I too of my access to Spider-Man, you know, the Peter Parker Spider-Man was sort of like early adult Peter Parker Spider-Man, yes. you know, Tobey Maguire, the, the nineties, I'm sure you, what did you watch the nineties animated show? Mm-hmm. Um, that seemed like a little bit that you'd have missed all that sort of teenage angst. Yes. Um, Spider-Man qualities, uh, you know, he's still a young guy, but you know, um, yeah, That so I'm, I was, I was, uh, I was I was taken by and, that, and that's my only access to the Miles Morales um, sort of element of the the Spider Verse is the is the movie the most recent movie but I was I I I knew of Miles Morales as the character and then when I saw it, I'm like oh this is great this is really and I thought such a good uh, cultural touchstone for for a new generation of folks who could you know access and and draw value and meaning from these comics and things like that yeah so, cool all right um, so let's uh, how about let's what is something that you think people should be more thankful for?
1: Something that people should be more thankful for? That's a very deep question. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> some
0: <laughs> of them are silly and some of them are, you know. Uh, yeah, a little bit more... I guess
1: I went deep with this one too. But yeah. yeah, I mean, you could say something silly here. But something that people should be thankful for I got it clean water not everybody has it and we have plentiful access to it in our country except for many areas i mean like we can't right. take it for granted in the united states i mean let's let's check in with flint michigan and see how they're doing with their water and how that has been yeah, right. <laughs> addressed and how that has been solved <laughs> I'm, I'm getting a little upset here. Well, uh, that's
0: fine. I mean, I think even even, you know, going back to where you did uh, you know, your high school and college, um, parts of Kentucky, western Pennsylvania, we have where there's where, you know, the the drilling for natural gas for fracking yeah. is I mean, that it destroyed water tables in western Pennsylvania. Absolutely. Um, such that crops get destroyed and, you know, people have sulfurous smelling water that they can light on fire and So that's a good one. I like that answer.
1: Yeah, no, I just, I I looked at a glass of water that I have in front of me and I just kept thinking, wow, this is something that we could easily take for granted and waste copiously. Many people do. Uh, And I just keep thinking like 15 years from now, how's our water going to be? How much of it will we have? Will we have to pay more for it? It's just it's something that I couldn't live without. I need to stay hydrated. Um, I have a lot of anxiety and I find that staying hydrated helps tremendously with my anxiety.
0: It's, and, uh, I mean, yeah. with, with the boys, with my, my two sons, I mean, it's, it's amazing how like they'll be cranky and, and mm-hmm. I'll be like, what, what is bothering them? I don't understand. And, yeah. and my wife is like, um, they're thirsty. They haven't, yeah. I haven't seen them drink anything all day. And you give them a little water and they're like, ah, oh, okay. I don't have a headache anymore. So
1: yes. So. so we should be more thankful for it and we should protect the resource better and we should ensure that everyone can access it Awesome. fight for that. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. that's I like that question. So, okay, your turn. You ask me a question.
1: Okay. Uh, I want to ask you about your tattoos.
0: Oh, okay. Yes. Um, I love
1: tattoos. I don't currently have one. I'll show you something. This might be fun for the students. Some of them may have seen this and may have seen it disappear. It is a temporary tattoo. Oh, cool. I I have bought this one multiple times. And just love it. It's a lavender plant, um, but I haven't yet taken the plunge and gotten a permanent one. Uh, so I wanted to ask you, how many do you have? Uh, which ones are your favorites? And uh, I don't know. What was your most interesting experience getting one?
0: Uh, so I have three. Um, I have this one on my forearm, this one on my arm, and then this one. Um, this is the first one that I got. This is the the Hamilton family crest. Oh, nice. So, uh, Hamilton's a, a Scottish surname. Um, and, uh, you know, sort of families from, from the lowlands to the highlands in Scotland have the sort of equivalent of a, a coat of arms, but it's just a family name crest. And the, the word there, which is, is you can't read anymore is through, mm-hmm. but the idea is that, uh, there were, there's, there's Royal lineage to the Hamilton family name. Um, and, though it has, has gone through many different attempts to end it, you know, so various wars in the lowlands and the highlands and whatnot, the, the family has, has gone through it all, right? So it's a family tree that's growing through a saw trying to yeah. cut it down. And I actually, that would probably be the most interesting story.
1: Mm-hmm. So I'll
0: come back to it. Um, okay. This one is uh, Greek. It says uh, mm-hmm. Pathemathos. Mathos. It's mm-hmm. from the Oristia, um, which as I understand it, now this could be one of those things where somebody gets a foreign language tattooed on their body and they, they mistranslate it. <laughs> But my understanding is that it, that it means learning by going through something or s- through suffering. Learning, oh, that's um, and I got that. Uh, it was a saying that I I picked up when I was a freshman in college, and I always mm-hmm. loved it. Um, but uh, you know, I, I was sort of a newly minted high school teacher, and I was teaching, and I was having a rough go of a couple of things. I worked in a couple of bad schools, had a couple of bad colleagues, and and I I, I sort of keyed my mind towards that. You know, this is um, you're going through something, and how do you gonna how are you gonna learn through this this suffering? So I got that as a reminder that anytime something rough happens, you can you can learn something from it.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and then the this last one is um, their dogs sort of going around uh, biting Hello. each other's back legs, biting each other's butts, and it's a design that comes from the Book of Kells. Uh, which is a, uh, an old sort of illuminated manuscript. And this, this version of it actually comes from a drawing in my office uh, on my wall. I have, a, if you've seen a drum, I have. A, it's called a bowron. It's a mm-hmm. traditional Irish Scottish drum. Um, and on it are these dogs and the dro- dogs were illustrated on there by my dad. And so oh, my dad so passed away mm-hmm. maybe, what year is it? Four years ago? Yeah. And so when he passed away, I got that as a way of remembering him. Um, so that's, you know, that's as oftentimes tattoos are they're you know, ways of remembering yeah, somebody. Absolutely. I got this tattoo. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of remembering things, I studied in uh, Edinburgh, Scotland um, for oh, a, a semester. And yeah. so my memento was this tattoo and I got it in Edinburgh, Scotland. Um, there's a big castle in the center of town
1: mm-hmm. and
0: there's a, Below the castle is a place called uh, Cowgate, which is where if you've ever, Walter Scott has a book called The Heart of the Midlothian that starts out with an execution that happens in the Cowgate. This is where they had executions. Um, And there's a street that goes from the high street down Mm -hmm. to the Cowgate. And on this, and it's like, it's it's the street after which Diagon Alley in the Harry Potter series. Mm -hmm. So that's it. This is the street after which Diagon Alley was modeled. Um, And so there was a little tattoo parlor sort of literally in the shadow of this castle in Edinburgh, Scotland. And as I was walking down this Diagon Alley style street, I looked at the tattoo parlor and I knew that I wanted to get a tattoo. So I walked in and, um, and this was the tattoo that I got to remember my, my time studying in Scotland. So, but yeah, so that those are the three that I had uh, or that I have. And, and, you know, I know a lot of people when they get one, they want another and then they want another. And then, yeah, that's
1: what I've heard too.
0: So I, I, I honestly just wanted that one. And then after I got that, I didn't really want another tattoo. And I'm like, and then life happened. And then I wanted this one. And then I didn't want another one. And then life happened again. So it wasn't like I didn't become addicted to the to the tattoos. Mm -hmm. It was I became addicted to remembering the things that the tattoos came to signal. Yes. So important moments, big historical, personal moments.
1: Yeah. Milestone tattoos.
0: Yeah. And so I've actually I've talked with a, a student of mine. Um, who was, who I use these various diagrams in my professional writing classes. And he, he sent me a text message. He just graduated. He sent me a text message and he said, what did that, that symbol look like in our class? I'm designing a sleeve for myself. And I was thinking about incorporating it and I'm like, Holy shit. I'm going to be, you know, something that I came up with is going to be somebody's tattoo. That's awesome. So that is
1: super cool. Congrats.
0: Well, I know this is one of my life. (laughs) I'm going to put this on my CV. So do it, do it. And I think, (laughs) So that, that, uh, um, what, lavender you said? Yes. So that, that's, that would be a good tattoo to get for realsies because I mean, there's a a lavender farm in Harrisonburg, right?
1: I think so. Have been to that
0: lavender? Yeah. I
1: have not been. I need to go. Uh, But I love lavender. I love the scent of lavender. Uh, For me, I think of it as a reminder to stay calm and to relax and to kind of like, get myself out of like panic attacks or anxiety attacks, which I experience, and they're very painful. Uh, just thinking about it, it makes me feel uh, kind of yeah, ache. Yeah, I know. Um, but lavender, like I found that it's also helpful with, uh, this is going to get personal, but uh, I have a lot of uh, food allergies and sometimes digestive uh, symptoms. And uh, one time I had just this really bad stomach ache that wouldn't go away. I think I had gone to Colombia to visit my mom and I came back and somehow going back to American food was making me hurt. And I went to Bella Gelato and they had their lavender sorbeto. And I had that and it made the stomach it go away. Oh, that's wonderful. It just calmed my stomach. So I was like, lavender is just great to me. Uh, so I want to I wanna have it in my life, see it, remember to breathe in slow, stay calm. That's awesome. Relax. Yeah, well, so
0: you should definitely check out the farm then. Because I know that oh, it's yeah. it's this, I mean, I, I... I remember I went there with, with my family, uh, you know, last summer and I, it was just such an overwhelming sort of scent experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then you go and you look at all the different products and whatnot. And it, yeah. So I, yeah, that's good. All right. So thank you very much, Grace, for being present today. Yeah, I really enjoyed talking me. with you. This um, was really fun. I agree. And I, and I, I'm looking forward to, to different folks being able to, to, to learn about all of your multiple talents and whatnot. Uh, what parting words would you like to share with everybody?
1: Take care of yourselves and make sure to make time for you, for resting, uh, for a little entertainment and for clearing your mind. It's good and it's going to make you stronger at what you do every day.
0: That's wonderful. Well, thank you very much, Grace, again, and I'll thank talk you. to you soon.
1: All right. Talk to you soon. Have a
0: great rest of your summer.
1: All right. Bye.
0: Bye.